0: This show is brought to you by my friends at Alliance and Trust. In wild times like these, you need more than financial product salespeople. You need a firm that looks at the entirety of your life and helps you with strategies that coordinate all disciplines of good stewardship so you can manage wisely what God has given you and thrive in these times of chaos and confusion. Have a team that acts as consultants in the business of you. Let Alliance & Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance & Trust's book on Financial Stewardship, Wisdom Before Wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805-371-8020. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show. So today, my guest, I ran into her in a radio station, actually ran into her husband while she was doing her thing. Her husband and I were waiting and uh, chilling out and waiting for this superstar to be done. And then uh, I had my time on the radio. So anyway, my guest today is Shannon Croner. Shannon, how are you?
1: Good. How are you? Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, no, I'm glad. And it was fun running into you the other night and I thought, okay, hey, let's do this because... you got a book coming out. You got all sorts of things that we should talk about. But um, first, let's talk about your story. So, give me your uh, your bio, and it can be as long form as you want because this is a long form podcast.
1: Okay. So, um, I'll start with like my education. My bachelor's is in English literature. My master's is in special education, and my doctorate is in psychology. All right so well, you're smarter um, than
0: i am i mean that's not hard (laughs) that's not hard
1: so and then and so the book really is just like an everything together like uh i was just joking with somebody else about like if there was a venn diagram of all my different degrees the book would be right in the middle of it because it incorporates everything that's me um but yeah i've been working with uh, kids with special needs since about 2001 um as i was i've been i've doing like i've been doing lots of different therapy positions so uh i was a floor time therapist with little kids with autism which is kind of like a play therapist where um and this was like back in my early 20s so i did not have kids then and so i was kind of like a play therapist that helped kids with autism learn how to play appropriately so most kids who have autism they Like, we'll take a bunch of cars and line them up in a row. And I was the therapist that came in to show them that, like, a car goes over a hill and under a tunnel and stuff like that. So that's floor time therapy. And then I did also some behavior therapy. And then I became an educational therapist. So I worked with a lot of kids with special needs, like all different types of special needs, ADHD, autism, Tourette's, um, in an educational environment. So helping them focus and get organized with school and things like that. Um, And then throughout learning about uh, special needs issues, like developmental issues and things, um, I got really involved in learning about vaccines. I started doing a lot of vaccine research because Every new client that I, well, I would say almost every new client that I had, when I would do an intake and I would ask, you know, did your child always have autism? Did they always have seizure disorders, things like that? Um, I would say like nine out of 10 times the parents would tell me that their child was born healthy, meeting all their milestones. And then at a certain point, like at their one year, annual doctor's visit or two years old uh, they got a series of vaccines and then they kind of lost whatever speech they had or eye contact or um even the ability to walk they would start walking on their tiptoes and things like that and so throughout my like early 20s I became really interested in vaccines because um I kept hearing these stories over and over again and I wanted to see like what what is it about vaccines because i um you know I was fully vaccinated as a child, mm-hmm. and um so I never really kind of equated like vaccines with something bad it was like the thing to do is what
0: yeah well you know? I, I think I mean you and I are probably uh um you know grew up in the same era anyway, and uh it uh what I didn't realize and I've said this on the show before because I've had um you know anti-vaccination folks on before and i thought y'all were crazy um (laughs) and and partly because you know my dad um had polio when he was young when he Mm -hmm. was two uh he was born in 1950 had polio when he was two lost the use of his legs and you know since then has always been on crutches or um these days he's got a really fast wheelchair uh, really fit guy, you know, I never really viewed him as handicapped because he was such a athletic, capable guy, strong, buff, all that stuff, but he couldn't walk. Um, and And so I always thought, oh, well, vaccines, you know, saved us from things like that. And what I... Also, when I, you know, people were getting into the anti-vax stuff, you know, some of, you know, my crazy fr- uh, friends, wives and, you know, things like that. And I'm like, oh, please, you know, and right. right and just dismissing it. Um, uh, but what I didn't realize was the sheer number of vaccines they started to give kids. I didn't realize. Right. And thankfully, my wife, uh, you know, knew better than I did and and, you know, limited severely all of that. Um, Our girls got some of the uh, required, quote unquote, vaccinations, but, um, you know, we didn't go down that that complete path. And thankfully so, because I now know more and more people whose kids were adversely affected and Mm -hmm. and did get uh, what appears to be autism and other things as a result. Um, And it's, you know, too much to for it to be a coincidence. Yeah. So. Um, you combine that plus then reading like uh, Bobby Kennedy's book and starting to look at it more and have conversations with you guys. OK, you know, we're, we're you're on to something.
1: Have you ever gone down the polio rabbit hole?
0: Um, a little bit. So I've had I've had uh, a few folks kind of tell me, um, you know, some of what was happening and you can, you know. So there's lay two some really good books. OK, yeah, sure.
1: Dissolving uh, Dissolving Illusions. And oh gosh, the other one is by that's by Suzanne Humphreys. The other one is by Forrest Morady. I don't know if I said his name right, but Forrest Morady, something like that. And it's called uh, The Moth and the Iron Lung, I think. I think that's the name of it. But both of those are really about what really happened with polio and the polio vaccine and what was going on at the time and the actual like numbers of how polio was actually starting to decrease prior to the vaccine coming yeah. out and why that is and um, really crazy fun fact about me is that uh, and this my my grandmother told me this years ago uh, before she passed but Her, I'm totally gonna get this wrong, but her sister's husband's, let's see, her sister's husband's cousin was Salk. And that was the creator of the polio vaccine. So somehow along my,
0: You've got family that family, whatever, connection.
1: family connection to the creator of the polio vaccine and i was like oh wow i'm i'm kind of here uh to reverse the damage that has been done yeah <laughs> so.
0: well i i mean you know and, and i'll look into that and and i don't again hold the same views that i did because i've um you know now learned so much about what you know the pharmaceutical industry and our medical establishment and all the things yeah. that they did and and how much uh, you know money they raked in, uh, mandating all of these things right. and sending all of these kids down this path, and um, you know it's 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 pretty hard to look at now without being at the very least concerned.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean it really is. If you follow the money, you'll see you'll find the corruption is really how it goes, and after. Uh, 1986 was the 1986 act. And they took um, what was happening is that uh, people were suing the pharmaceutical companies for vaccine injury up until 1986. And our government thought that um, it was going to damage the vaccine industry. And that so what they did is they made the vaccines no liability. They took away the liability. And once there was lo- no liability to vaccine injury uh they were able to put whatever vaccines they wanted onto the vaccine schedule as many as they wanted um when i was a kid uh were you and i are probably somewhere in the same age range that i mean i got maybe like nine
0: my beard is much grayer than yours so, <laughs> so i think i'm older i think i'm older
1: probably not that
0: much older
1: but um you know uh unless you look really good for your age but um but so, you know, they just started putting all these vaccines and there's no liability and it just kept adding up and adding yeah. up. And so like I got nine. It's a I great business nine. model
0: for them, if you think about it. I mean, it's an awesome yeah. business model well, that today, they've crafted out, you know.
1: I mean, today a child, a child born today, by the time they are 18 years old, is expected to get close to 100 vaccines. Yeah. Like 100, In it's 100 doses. So it's 17 vaccines and 100 almost 100 doses of those because now they just added the covid vaccine to the childhood schedule last november and so i mean here i got maybe like nine as a kid and that compare that to like
0: yeah 100 is yeah i remember something like yeah seven eight nine somewhere in that number yeah uh, when i looked into it um and yeah and didn't realize that yeah they've they're like pumping you full of all kinds of poisons.
1: Yes. And, you know, and it's not just, I mean, it's not just a vaccine. It's like, there's a lot of chemicals and stuff in there. And some of them are carcinogenic and some of them have actual, like the DNA of, of other humans. Cause there's fetal cells, there's human fetal cell DNA that are in the vaccines. It's like not a conspiracy. I think people think like, Oh, that's crazy. But you just, do a little research um, and it's easy to find.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I'm glad for, you know, warriors like yourself that, that cared, that are starting to, I think, turn the tide, because again, I know I'm not alone in the people that are going, okay, hold up. You know, there's something to this now.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I'll tell you, I was very much pro-vax when I, so um, when in 2009, I was pregnant with my first son and, um, who you met and I, it was 2009. It was during swine flu when we had the swine flu pandemic. Do you remember that Mm -hmm. time? Okay. So, um, I didn't
0: panic then either.
1: I didn't panic either. (laughs) And, but everybody seemed not quite as much as COVID, but people were panicking and it was on the news and. I was working with kids at the time, um, as an educational therapist. And so here I was newly pregnant. It was flu season. It was the fall and my doctor, he wanted me to get the swine flu shot and the flu shot. And because of the work that I was doing and the knowledge that I had, I knew enough to decline the swine flu shot. Um, I had just thought like, it hasn't been around that long. Like why would I do that? And, So he was like, well, you really should get the flu shot. And the flu shot that we have is preservative free. And so I even then really didn't want to get it. um, But because it was preservative free, I thought that meant it was safe and preservative free. What I came to find out is preservative free doesn't mean that it's free completely of preservatives. It just has less. And so I uh, agreed to get the preservative free flu shot. I was only... About 11 weeks pregnant, and um, I got it against my better knowledge. And uh, within like a very short time after that, I actually started to leak amniotic fluid, and I had to go to the ER. Um, I went to the ER where they actually told me that I had lost the baby, and that was like at two o'clock in the morning. And then the next day I went to my OBGYN who he said to me, he's like, well, I have good news and I have bad news. And the good news is there's still a strong heartbeat, but the bad news is you've lost 95% of your amniotic fluid. And this is only, I'm only 11 weeks gestation. And so, um, you know, the doctors told me that I should end the pregnancy because a baby can't survive with not with 5% of amniotic fluid. So I went and got, um. I went for a follow-up visit with another doctor and that doctor told me the same thing. Now I was like 12 weeks pregnant. And that doctor told me the same thing. Like you really should end the pregnancy because you have no amniotic fluid. There's no way this child can survive. And I, and I remember telling the doctor saying like, I can't, there's no way I can stop a heartbeat. Um, I can't have that on my conscience. And so, um, the doctor was like shocked. He was like, what do you mean you're not going to end your pregnancy? Like, there's no way this child can survive. And I was like, well, I just, if it's meant to be that I, that, you know, it happens naturally, then that's God's will and it will happen naturally. And if it's, and if I'm meant to have this child, then he'll, I'm, but I personally could not end it. And so I, and I went and got a whole bunch of other, I got, went and got like six different opinions. They all told me pretty much the same thing. And so I decided to put myself on bed rest. I decided to do my own research and I found uh, some studies out of India of women who had low amniotic fluid and the solution was so simple. It was just to be hydrated, Hmm. like overly hydrated. And not a single doctor told me that. I feel like maybe they didn't even know. But I put myself on bed rest and drank a lot of water every single day. Didn't leave the couch or my bed, just drank water. And um, by week 20, my amniotic fluid was back to 100%. Wow. And all the doctors that I had seen was like, they were like, this is a miracle. And I was like, well, yeah, definitely it was a miracle. Um, but it was also because I didn't listen to them, right. I did my own research. And people are so, you know, something goes wrong and the doctors are so like, just end it, you know, start over, end it and start over. And, um, and I just could not do that. And so, uh, yeah, by week 20, my amniotic fluid was back to about, it was a hundred percent. And there were still a couple more complications throughout my pregnancy because, um, when my, when I lost all the amniotic fluid, my uterus had collapsed on the baby at 11 weeks gestation. So it dislocated his knee inside of me. So he grew inside of me with a dislocated knee, but um, I was able to carry the baby full term. And when he was born, um, he was perfectly healthy, happy, great baby with a dislocated knee. So he needed reconstructive knee surgery at eight weeks old. Wow. Um, but today he's thirteen and you just met him.
0: Well, uh, I, must, I, I must confess, I knew the whole story because he regaled me with that story while we were at the radio station.
1: Oh, you already <laughs> knew my story. No, it was a
0: great story. Yeah, but okay. the audience did not. <laughs> and it's—I uh, it's, didn't
1: know that you knew that story. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it was cute because he was—he was telling me. He told you that. Told my son it, told you that. He told me the whole story. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I've
1: actually never heard him. I've never heard him tell that story. Yeah. yeah. No. He. He mm. only hears me tell that story. So. Yes. Well,
0: he told it well. So. So, oh wow, yeah.
1: that's good to know. I'm glad yeah. that he did that yeah yeah um, but I
0: didn't want to I didn't want to spoil your telling because no. the audience needs to hear those things because those you, things you know are what? awesome I have
1: actually have never heard him tell anybody that story yeah. so that's really neat.
0: Well, he did a good job
1: um but yeah, so but I mean that's like my vaccine injury and you know, I learned a lot from that moment because I did follow what the doctors say and it that it was a it was the most stressful pregnancy I would never wish that upon anybody how um how all that happened and you know thank god he's here and thank god he's healthy and smart and happy and great um but had i listened to any of the other doctors then you know he wouldn't be here today so um so anyway so that's my story yeah, and then well, amen you know, praise,
0: praise God i mean that's uh, that's cool and I'm and I, uh, I admire um, women or men who make those kind of stands because the medical establishment and sometimes, you know, you're listening to people, you know, in authority telling you, hey, this is going to be awful. You got to this is what you got to do. Right. And so there's a, a pretty significant uh, amount of courage that it takes to just defy oh, it and let say, me tell you, you know, the world was against to. me during
1: yeah. that time. Everyone was against me. Everyone is like, you really, you're not listening to the doctors. You're not hearing what they're saying. You need to listen to the doctors. And me, I was, I'm this really like headstrong person. I'm the type of person that if someone says you can't do something, I will do it. And I, I will I must like-
0: confess. I knew that too. Cause your husband told me those stories. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> that is how yeah. I am. Like uh, someone tells me I you can't tell. do something. I will do it. And I will show you how well I did it, you know? Yeah. No, that's
0: and good. And so,
1: um, so yeah so I get, and you know and then i guess that's part of my whole like vaccine journey is uh and living in california we have the craziest mandate laws in the country and so it's just natural that i'm this like huge activist for freedom of choice with vaccines, you know?
0: Oh, well, I was told online the other day that vaccinations weren't forced on us at all during COVID. Nobody was forced well. to get the vaccine. Um, and what's what's funny, and I, I heard uh, similar, and this is their talking point, and I'm sure you're familiar with it, we're against forced vaccinations. So this comes from a left-wing guy. And um, I heard the exact same position taken on, on I um, guess that Tim Pool had on his show, and And what they say is, "I am totally opposed to the government forcing you and uh, uh, and what they mean by force because you always have to ask what's the definition of that." They don't mean coercion because we were forced via coercion. A lot of people were going to lose their jobs. A lot of people were going to be uh, on unemployment or have to like upend their whole careers. So we're not just talking, oh, I lost that job because it required a vaccination. But I went over here. I was a nurse over here and they said no. But I went over here and I got a job, you know, Um, the whole industries said you can't you know, work in your career anymore based on not having this vaccine. Uh, But what they say is it's only forced if the if uh, the government goes and straps you down to a table and gives you the vaccine. And that's that's exactly what their talking point is. So they say, oh, you had a choice. You just couldn't choose to be part of society uh, if you don't get your vaccine.
1: However, you know who was forced like that? Are a lot of special needs people, special yeah. needs kids, special needs adults. Great point. They were forced. They were held down. Yeah. I've seen those videos of those people being held down and injected because they couldn't speak for themselves. Yeah. Um, and so there yeah, was. I've seen some of
0: those too. Yeah, there it's was disturbing. forcing.
1: But then, yeah, your point is, yeah, people literally, it was either, you know, get your income or.
0: Yeah. Um, No, I mean, it's it's absurd and and despicable that the left takes those. And you guys know who you are. Um, It's it's evil. It's wicked to play that kind of a game. Now, I respect it if you say, oh, no, but we we have to force people, Bryce, because, uh, you know, it's for the greater good of society. At least that's. Some kind of an argument, but for them to deny um that that people were forced and and really had little to no other choices,
1: yeah, not only were people forced, but they were shamed, yeah, they were societal you know, pressure
0: was intense, oh my God, yeah,
1: let me tell you, I was refused entrance into places uh many times, I was refused, you know into restaurants, into stores, and yeah. things like that, and
0: I got into restaurants because they had weak maitre d's or hosts. Do not trust these woke banks. Do not put your money into ESG funds. Instead, why don't you talk to the Alliance and Trust family? Finance is in their blood. I grew up with them, and they've handled my entire financial world for nearly 30 years. And as a testament to their talents, they've managed to keep me not just out of trouble, which in and of itself is remarkable, but they've helped me to build real wealth. They've assisted me through complex business transactions and family matters. Now even my daughters are working with Uncle Randy to put financial disciplines in place for their futures. Invest with people who share our values and will help you to be a good steward with what God has given you. Let Alliance and Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance and Trust's book on financial stewardship, wisdom before wealth, visit friendofbryce.com or call 805-371-8022 zero
1: well i actually <laughs> i was I just <laughs> like
0: i was just like i'm not gonna give you that you know on a couple of occasions and it worked i wasn't sure but i, I like i i went yeah. you know here in ventura county we didn't really so have i was it. just gonna say yeah. i
1: would drive to ventura county because yeah. i'm in la county and that's how we lived is in order to like do anything we would just drive to ventura county yeah the
0: first time i experienced it you know was was at a, a you know little uh, craft brewery type place uh in the valley and i was you know meeting a, a friend and you know wait w- waiting for him in there and uh walk over to the host and they're like oh do you have your uh vaccine cart? and i'm like wait what i mean i was so like incensed like where am i because i hadn't i hadn't experienced it before and i was just like I just blew her off i'm gonna sit down <laughs> and yeah. uh you know
1: yeah i mean with I bu- that I, I
0: bullied her i guess guys
1: i i experienced that often yeah. being in los angeles county yeah
0: no i, and, I, was, I was blown away
1: uh, it was actually even during when everything was locked down uh my family and i we like wanted a day out so we went to a park in oxnard and There was nobody else there. We picked up like food to go, had a picnic in the park, put our blanket down. And right as we put the blanket down, the police showed up and they told us we could not stay there. And I was like, there's no one here. And they said, they're like, well, if you stay, if we allow you to stay here, then other people are gonna come and picnic in the park. Yeah. And so so the, the officer, he said to me, he's like, I will tell you, though, there's this one other park that's right down the street that we're not patrolling. If you want to go over there, you can. I was like, oh, my God, this is absolutely absurd. It
0: it is absurd. And, of course, um, the people who perpetrated this don't want us to continue to talk about it. But we need. As
1: if it never happened.
0: Yeah. No, they want to memory hole it because there's a lot of folks that are like, oh, let's just move on now. Um, But, no, it it was a terrible time on one hand. On another hand, it was a wonderful time because, you know, there were some great family moments. There was some great bonding. There was some great, uh, you know, meeting of fellow uh, belligerents in this (laughs) cause uh, who who weren't putting up with this stuff. I mean, I was having, you know, weddings and company parties in my backyard. I mean, I was like, whatever, we're doing this, you know. And, of course, you know, here at our church stayed open and, you know, everything I actually
1: discovered Godspeak because of the pandemic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So
1: that's where people were going and meeting others and stuff like that. Yeah, you and
0: another couple thousand people that we didn't have before. Exactly.
1: That's exactly right. So,
0: no. So, I mean, in in one sense, I mean, there's a little bit of uh, somebody said the other day that they had nostalgia for um, 2020 for the lockdowns or something like that. And and everybody was mocking them, but they were meaning it in a bad way at the time um the nostalgia but,
1: i have for 2020 is the the traffic issue
0: oh yeah that was nice
1: that was so nice you
0: could zip around la pretty good
1: i i would ride my bike everywhere so yeah. now i won't ride my bike my bike on like public streets yeah. but i was riding miles and miles because there was like not a car around yeah. and so and i felt safer
0: yeah well we got to keep <laughs> we got to keep this in um you know, recent memory. We can't let them memory hole what was done to us by these folks right. that we're forcing, that we're coercing uh, people to, uh, you know, go down that path. We have to keep bringing it up as much as, you know, even we might get bored of it from time to time. We still have to uh, have that never again mentality because they're going to do this to us another time. hundred oh, And they are, And they are working on and they're They're uh, already telegraphing their next moves. They're already, uh, you know, doing event 202 and other things. And they're talking about a number of different things, including, you know, cyber attacks and, you know, different things that are coming. Yeah. Um, So they're they're, um, you know, they're going to want to try it again because it it went so well for them the first time.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I really I'm definitely concerned about the food supply. Um, It's kind of. If you think about where everybody, unless you have your own, like realistically, unless you have your own farm and our food supply is so controlled yeah. Um, and now they're talking about injecting, you know, the cows with mRNA vaccines and things like that. Uh, I've been really like, I've been making a list of all the different um, ranchers that, have publicly stated that they won't be using mRNA vaccines, so that I know where to go and get meat and stuff.
0: Yeah, well, we're moving on to a, a you know parallel um, economy, and I hope that um, it doesn't get stifled. Because if you want to be filled with poison, if you need that um, M- mRNA um, buzzing around in your body, and you think that's great stuff, hey, oh, fine. Um, you know, keep it keep it away <laughs> from uh, those of us that do not want it.
1: Right, right, definitely.
0: so uh, well, let's talk a little bit about your book and you know some of the other things that you're working on.
1: Yeah, so um, so I have a book and it was just published and it is available for pre-order right now on um, it's available for pre-order on Barnes and Noble, Amazon um, I know everybody is uh you know boycotting Target, but it's also available online at Target. And if you um, have a
0: choice, we can avoid them though.
1: There you go. Um and it's online on Amazon, but I will say that if any of your viewers are going to go to Amazon to get it, to be really careful which one you buy because there's a lot of pirating of do, my book.
0: So how do we so, know uh, which one is yours? Okay, and so, then let's talk about that pirating okay. issue.
1: So the book it's called um, I'm Unvaccinated and that's okay. And it's a first of its kind because it's a children's book. It's beautifully illustrated. And um, I don't know if they are like medical establishment people or just somebody trying to make a book, but they have photocopied the cover of my book that's on Amazon and have – they're reselling it on Amazon. And um, – I've had close friends of mine order it to see what shows up and it's just a blank, it's like a journal. It's just blank pages on the inside with my cover. Um, So in order to distinguish between the fake and the real, it has to say Dr. Shannon Croner on Amazon. Like the book cover will say that on both of them because it's my exact book cover. But like there's like a, like blue text of I guess who's kind of distributing the I don't know what the text like I guess it's it will say at the heading like Dr. Shannon Croner so if uh if anyone's gonna buy it on Amazon just like really make sure that it's the right one these people who are putting out fake books of it have like just completely messed up the algorithm because I'll tell you I just announced it's I announced the book two weeks ago. Within 24 hours, it was number one in like several different categories. Uh, It was number one in the category of vaccinations. It was number one in the category of parenting a child with special needs and number one in a category of vaccinations or vaccinations and immunizations. Um, And so these people who are creating this fake book have like completely messed up those numbers, and like bumped it. And I think well, I it looks feel right feel now like, like
0: a- only ones coming up. So I was just checking. So that's oh, good, so, so, so maybe.
1: Well, let me tell you, I I am writing you, Amazon every day. Yeah. Here's good. what happens: I fill out a form. It's a copyright pirate form. So what happens if you go back though, like to where it shows all of them?
0: Yeah, that's the only so one maybe, that's coming up. So maybe if you, you were victorious.
1: At, okay, so I'm every single time I write this like scathing message <laughs> to Amazon. Not only that, I'm like I so I fill out this copyright infringement form. Right. with all the details and then I go on to Twitter and I literally I'm tagging Jeff Bezos <laughs> and Amazon and Amazon help and I'm like this is against the law. You should not be. Well, again, be, your Amazon husband already be...
0: told me you get your way, so.
1: I do. Yeah, every time.
0: Good. Good. <laughs> well, so, our, well our... they
1: take it down, and then they, and then someone else comes back and puts it up. So it's down now. Thankfully, it's not there right now, but yeah. I don't know what's going to be in a day or two from now. So, All right.
0: Well, just uh, buyer beware. Yes. Because we want to support you and not those uh, people that are doing this. It's interesting, though, um, because you had told me before we began recording that um, a lot of books that are uh, anti-vaccine or of this genre, this happens to them. So there's a lot of people messing, I think, uh, that, you know, there's a lot of spiritual warfare that goes on. But there's a lot of just evil actors that are out there as well that are, are doing this stuff to, yeah, to try to harm this point of view.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, and like I said, it's like bumping the book so that it's not like the first thing that comes up uh you know it's messing with the algorithms and stuff and so and then not not only that but then people are going to buy it and get like a fake book and they're gonna you know who knows that's gonna send you loses my yeah exactly my credibility and stuff and i'll tell you this book it's like a foolproof book on well so let me just explain what the book is it's so it's I'm unvaccinated, that's okay. And it's a children's book and Ill- every page is illustrated and it is the story of a young boy who is unvaccinated and he has an older sibling who is vaccine injured and so this young boy explains what life is like for him and his family to pretty much navigate today's world with so many pressures to vaccinate and um everything in the book even though it's you know, a fictional story, it all comes from real stories of people who have shared their stories with me of vaccine injury. And the book actually touches on all the important facts that any parent would want to know about why to avoid vaccination and how to speak with like, because it's in a children's format, it's like really meant for parent and child to read together Mm -hmm. so that if, um, a parent has made the choice not to vaccinate their child and maybe the child is being kind of like, you know, right now there's a whole new generation of unvaccinated kids because of COVID. So there's like a whole generation, a whole new generation of unvaccinated COVID kids. Right. And so they're kind of being like pushed at like, It's the whole like uh, bullying going on right now of like, oh, you're not vaccinated. Well, I can't play with you type of stuff. And, um, you know, so this book is meant to appeal to both parents and kids and to help open the lines of communication between parent and child on the decisions that they make regarding vaccinations. However, it's also a book that any parent can give to their pediatrician. And say, you know, what do you have to say about this, this, and this? Because it, it touches on the vaccine schedule. It touches on no liability. It uh, talks about um, how, you know, our vaccine, the vaccine, how vaccines are, are made one size fits all. And everybody is different. Everybody has their own, you know, genetics and their family medical history and stuff like that. Um, it really, it encourages parents to do the research and I've included a glossary, like a really easy, like super easy to read glossary that goes over all the most important vaccine terms. So for instance, like, why is there, why are monkey cells used to create vaccines? The book will talk about that, but in the most child friendly and easy to understand way um it talks about autism maybe we should give
0: it to some antifa like like maybe oh like maybe we should Don't have a program get involved no i'm just kidding <laughs> but maybe we should have a program for for a random leftist like you know you buy one uh donate one to a lefty maybe there they can go. even understand this stuff you know
1: you know i mean i think i would love to see parents giving this book to either their pediatricians or their family members who didn't let them come to Christmas, yeah. you know, or who completely disagree with their vaccine decisions. Um, because this book is done in such a way that it's, it's there's nothing that can be disputed in it. Like literally nothing about the book can be disputed. I've made sure that it can't be disputed. Mm-hmm. So much so that there's, I've included like a, my favorite resources page and the at the back. And my resources page starts with the CDC pink book. So that's like every single vaccine and all the ingredients. And then the next one from there is the CDC vaccine schedule. And then the next one there is like an excipient list. So I'm just encouraging parents, like you do the research, you make the decisions. And the book is really, it's completely about vaccine choice and respecting the choices of others.
0: It honestly sounds like it's uh, a good resource for parents just themselves. I mean, it is, but it's like in the most—it's
1: in the in the simplest, kindest way. That's like very. It's a really easy book to love. I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm biased, but. uh,
0: (laughs) You can plug your own book, but uh, but and I'll (laughs)
1: tell you this. Every single page, because it's a children's book, every single page, my children were very much involved. Uh, my kids, I homeschool my kids, so right. they're home with me while I'm writing this book. Excellent. And so they, every page in there has their approval. You know, the illustrations, the text, everything. I'm like, do you understand what this says? What do you think about the picture? What do you think about the characters? So um, really, it's tri- it's child approved. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's great. And uh, I love uh, that you homeschool. So here, here to that big uh, proponents of that. The
1: the book also talks about how kids that um, are not fully vaccinated are not allowed to go to school in certain states. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's taken the whole vaccine situation and all the things that are concerning to parents and put it into a nice, very cute package that's easy to understand. That's what I'm unvaccinated and that's okay is about.
0: Summer is here, and Good Ranchers wants to give you what you've been craving, a nice summer steak on the grill. Can you hear the sizzle already? I'm not sure what your favorite steak is, but mine is literally every steak I get from Good Ranchers. Every cut that they source from local American farms is hand-cut, trimmed, and aged to perfection. Good Ranchers is proud to be a trusted source for high-quality, all-American meat, and they are the way to get the most out of your summer grilling season. So head on over to GoodRanchers.com and pick up your box. They have ribeyes, New York strips, all-natural burgers, and all the delicious chicken you could ever want. Plus, it's $30 off with my code BRICE. With 85% grass-fed beef imported from overseas, Good Ranchers wants you to put American meat on the grill you can feel good about and trust. Whether you're planning a backyard barbecue, a family picnic, or a beachside cookout, they've got you covered with honest, transparent products that deliver on quality, price, and flavor. This is the perfect time of year to easily change the way you buy meat. So head to GoodRanchers.com and use my code BRICE for $30 off any box. Forget about the summer bod for a minute and focus on summer meats. With Good Ranchers, you can feel good about the 100% American, locally sourced meat you're putting on your grill and on your plate. Make this summer one to remember by starting it with American meat delivered to your door from GoodRanchers.com. Use my code BRYCE for $30 off at GoodRanchers.com today. Awesome. Well, and it's um, uh, published by Skyhorse.
1: It's published by Skyhorse. T- Tony um,
0: Lyons and those folks over there—they yeah. are uh, the uh, Tony's been on the show before, and they are brave. Uh, one of the last brave publishers uh, yeah. out there. That, and then uh, it's also—it's great.
1: The imprint for it is I Can, which is Dell Big Trees Organization. Awesome. So um, yeah, Informed Consent Na- Action Network—they uh, did the imprint. For it. So they're helping to market it and stuff like that as well.
0: Yeah, um, cool. He came out here and, and spoke. Um, Dell did and, and yeah. yeah, it's great, great organization. They're doing important things. So, so it's a,
1: a bunch of really good people behind this book that, you know, just really want parents and children to be informed. There is nothing today that like helps educate children on vaccines, on I guess on our perspective of vaccines. Um, there's a lot of books out there and I actually have them because I wanted to do my research on what is out there that promotes vaccination for children. And there's a lot of very pro vaccine books, um, encouraging children to get vaccinated. So you don't die type of books. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And there's nothing that has like an alternative view of like, well, hold on. There's, there should be a choice and why should there be a choice? And you know why should people have their why should people do the research instead of just being told what to do you know so that's why i wrote this book and i'm really excited about it and actually it's available right now for pre-sale but it starts shipping uh towards the end of july
0: awesome yeah well um again you know we can get it anywhere books are sold um Try to avoid target though folks um, <laughs> and whoever else we're uh, um, boycotting at the time but I uh, mean I know everybody' yeah.
1: boycotting target, and I completely understand the reason for that, but I have to admit to like go onto the target search and type my name and like something shows up at target It's like to me that's kind of like wow, that's really impressive
0: <laughs> it is impressive so and I, and I want you to revel in that. Um, No, it's great. But uh, I, you know, I don't know, um, if you, uh, so the, the whole target thing, if we'll, we'll talk about that just for a second, um, kind of surprised me, uh, because the other day I had walked in on mother's day with my daughters to pick up, they, they needed a little gift bag for gifts, um, for my wife. And so they were like, Hey, okay. After church, all right, let's cruise by target on our way to the brunch that we're, uh, Taking the you know moms and grandmas to, and um, walk in, and their pride display, um, which was really I, I mean more than a pride display. I mean it was a trans activism slash pride display was front and center in the entrance. So did you go know to the one in Westlake? Uh, I went to the one in in uh, my neighborhood, okay. um, Moore Park, and. Uh, and just walked in and it was it, it uh, you know I, I, obviously I'm, I'm following all this stuff i just did not realize how intense it was
1: same thing happened for me yeah. like exactly the same and i went in with my kids the one in like westlake agora area right right at the front door is this like huge display and this was before all the videos started to come out yeah so i went over there to kind of look i was with some friends and my kids and i'm like looking at the stuff to see what it was and then i started taking pictures of it because i was yeah. like really shocked by the tag on the bathing suits
0: yeah i didn't uh i didn't catch that one i i just took sort of some stunned like wow what the heck you know yeah. sort of a thing um because you know trans people exist bryce um that's the response you get but what uh, the the concern. I mean, be you know. Let's let's pretend for a moment that I don't have any religious point of view on this at all. Um, it is the uh, aggressiveness yeah. of which you are um, being assaulted by a you know point of view that um, they would not allow um, or um, sanction a display of you know pro christian clothing you know um right out in front you know uh, saying hey you know jesus is the, the so, way the truth the life you know
1: they had a memorial day display mm-hmm. and it was the tiniest yeah littlest thing like off to the corner and and i noticed that and yeah. i was like That's like so weird to me that they have this tiny little, I forgot what it was. Maybe they had like, it was like uh, some kind of bag or shirt or something like that. Little display off to the side. Really, you can't see it unless you like really walk by it. Whereas like the, you know, pride displays like this huge rainbow of colors and stuff. And, and I'll tell you, you know, There's a difference today than there was years ago because I grew up, my teens, I grew up um, literally a block away from Santa Monica Boulevard, Mm -hmm. like the whole gay pride area. Right. And as a teen, because I was a teen, I would just like, what was there for me to do? I'd go with friends. We'd walk around and whatever. And it, it never... Felt like anything was being shoved at me, right? Like, even though it was, um, a like a it was even back in the 90s, it was a gay pride type of area, it was like, I guess, culturally gay, uh, Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, there was no like you have to accept it type of a thing, like it. And so, I was able to walk around there as a teen and not have to feel like i'm being influenced by it i yeah, guess no, it's, you it's know? taken
0: on a, a completely different tenor and you know and i've said this on the show before look i've got i've got some gay friends that i love and appreciate yeah and okay? i as as and do I, I and i have and, gay
1: family members and, who i accept and love them and you know yeah
0: and they know where i stand I, I mean they know my position on these things uh they you know they they know that i also love them Right. Um, you know, in, in spite of our disagreements about sexual expression, um, but in that, um, the tenor has changed to this aggressive, and uh, Matt Walsh says it really, really well, and he d- always deserves the credit for being clear on this. Um, they asked for tolerance, you know, we're nice people, we gave them tolerance. Then they wanted uh, uh, acceptance, which that acceptance means that you have to essentially confess, even if you don't believe this, that it is um, not wrong, that it is right. Not only is it right, should it's celebrated then next. And so you have to be um, you know, going in there with that pride display and saying, yeah, this is awesome, this is wonderful, yes, thank you for giving this to us, yay, where's the flag so I can wave one? Yeah. Um, But then the uh, the next uh, after celebrate that next point is um, we need to participate uh, in it, which is, um, you know, yes, men can get pregnant. Of course. I mean, well of course they can. You know, Um, it's those sort of things that it's it's gotten to the point where it's all about us not being able to have our freedom to have our point of view. It's about us not, you know. Again, we're not talking about you know denying rights it's not any of that it's that we are unable to actually have a different point of view and that's right. what they're looking to kind of stamp out yeah. um, and and so you know that's where we have to we have to stand pretty united again, you know in love and kindness and you know uh, but we have to we have to be able to say no, you know, I disagree
1: now can you imagine if the vaccine choice people took the same attitude right of like you have to accept me and here's my big display yeah of like all the re- you know what i mean like we there we people were literally not allowed to go into restaurants now yeah. i mean it's
0: sounds pretty discriminatory right to me.
1: and so and you made a good point about what matt walsh said is like yeah there's like these different levels where it's like acceptance and then but then it's now it's like you have to take part in it you have to and you have to have your kids take part in it which is to me that's where that's the line i draw yeah well they're
0: after that because they don't want us to teach um our kids what we believe so they're doing what they can and it's through all the um you know marxist based queer theory stuff um where you know they even in their own words we're going to we're gonna uh, work so hard at this that there's glitter in the carpet that will never come out you know <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna infect and, and essentially the the idea is we're going to so penetrate your children's minds that that, that you know they can't escape from our aims right and it's and it's to uh, again erode our ability as parents and our ability as as Christians to to say no you know we disagree with that and again, you know, um, in a normal, sane society, you can have people of differing points of views, where we Definitely. we still live together and we do all that
1: respect um, each yeah. other, but, love but, each other. But it's and, uh, uh, it's going too views. far, <laughs> and, it it's, and
0: it, because that's not what they want. They do not want you and I to have any difference, uh, uh, different points of view. We're not going to be allowed to. Well, and it's interesting
1: it. too if you speak with um, gay conservatives to hear their. Perspective
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the whole trans thing, because like, so I have you know friends and family who are gay conservatives, and the trans movement actually like hurts the gay, like the same the I don't know how to explain it, and the I want to be like totally politically correct here, <laughs> but like but you
0: don't have to on the show because we're not on YouTube, but um, okay,
1: well, but for but, me, you know, I mean, I listen, like, you know, like, what. Like,
0: Well, what we want to always strive to do is, you know, be truthful, um, yet kind. Right. And respectful. And uh, the the reason that they are um, transforming our words into, you know, words of hate and bigots. And, you know, they have to say all of that. Yeah. Because then they can um, act against us and they can, you know, enact laws against us and all that. So they have to position you know, our differences in opinions or beliefs as something wholly evil, uh, as it's mean, it's hateful, you know, all that stuff. I don't have a hateful bone in my body towards these folks. In fact, I have great compassion for that's
1: exactly. for
0: the uh, tr- trans community that's being lied to the, because it's not making them happy. They're right. not going down a path. I mean, you know, castrating themselves or chemically mutilating themselves is not making them happy. And uh, and that's going to become more and more apparent as more of this is is, um, you know, going on in our culture and you see more people kind of come out of it and get rescued out of it and go, what was I thinking?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I feel the same. I feel I do. I also feel like uh, compassion for them and that, you know, especially coming from a background in psychology. Yeah. You know, um, I feel that right now there's so much brainwashing going on Yeah, uh, that and progress brainwashing programming. It's the same thing that happened with COVID, like the fear, you know, uh, all the fear, 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 be scared, be scared. It's the same type of uh, brainwashing that's going on. And so I feel definite compassion. And I will say like, I don't care what someone does in their home, with like what they're doing in their home themselves with their friends or whatever. But as long as like it's it, to me, it's more about like the children. Like if you're putting those ideologies on my children, like I want to be able to teach my children. I think that's one of the reasons why I like love homeschool, you know, yeah, is because uh, I'm able to raise my kids with our family values and not the values of, what maybe a certain teacher believes that they should believe, you know? Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And and listen, if we're going to have a free uh, uh, society based on liberty, you're going to have a bunch of things that you don't like, you know, happen. There's going to be people doing things that you and I would personally disagree with. Um, and, and that's fine because, I mean, I uh, have the view that at the end of the day, we're all going to stand before God and we're going Definitely. to make... Um, make an account for, you know, our life and lifestyles and behaviors and all that stuff. And certainly that includes the ones behind closed doors, but, you know, to be openly pushing this on kids and openly saying that, oh no, you need to, you know, celebrate, um, increasingly degenerate lifestyles. Um, and, and, you know, we're going to, you know, force your kids to hear about degenerate lifestyles and things like that that you know is where we have to draw the line
1: yeah i mean i hear i hear stories from friends where their kids are still in public schools
0: yeah and it's gotten pretty wild.
1: it's it's a totally different place than it was even just like pre-covid yeah like A lot has changed.
0: They took this as they took COVID. COVID was an opportunity and it was a turning point where they could, where they could inject into our culture, all kinds of things that they didn't have the ability to do before.
1: Yeah. I mean, prior to COVID, my kids were in public school and I really didn't. I mean, there were some issues and stuff. There was like some issues regarding um, me being like a Trump supporter and things like that, that.
0: Ooh, you're a MAGA. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, there was like, you know, um, there, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, here's a, a crazy story. This was pre-COVID, pre, I mean, this. I guess the schools have been in this downward spiral for a while, yeah. but, um, you know, well, I don't know. This is a, a really crazy story. But <laughs> You can tell crazy
0: stories on my show.
1: No, I mean, so it's just, I'm just kind of thinking right now about what kids in, public schools or even private schools, what they're exposed to. And it's really like the ideologies of the teachers who are teaching the children. And uh, they may differ from the families. And so like, uh, this was back in, uh, let's see, 2016. Trump had just won. And it was like, it was called the the public school that my kids were going to, they had a, um, it was called Books and Blankets Day where the parents come to school with a blanket and a book and sit during lunch and have kind of like a picnic and read to your child, right? Mm -hmm. And I was always very, very much involved in my kids' schools as like a volunteer and stuff like that. And so I went to school that day for the blankets and books. I brought a blanket, brought a, a bunch of books and I was sitting with, Um, my son, and he and this was like I said, it was like Trump had just won. It was Martin Luther King week, and there was a kid sitting off to the side by himself. A black kid was sitting off to the side by himself, and I had said to I invited him, come sit with us, um, on our blanket. And he looked at me like, Are you sure? And I was like, Well, yeah, sure. Come sit with us. And he was like, I don't think I'm allowed to. I'm like, Of course, and this is they were in first grade. Okay. Well, and I was like, "Of course you can come sit with me. Come sit and like, do you have lunch? Bring your lunch. Join us. Share our food, whatever." And he was like, "Um, the teacher said that I don't think that I can." And I'm like, "Why would? What are you talking about? Like, why would you not be allowed to sit with us during this?" And he said that because that the teacher taught the class that because Trump won, and remember, it's Martin Luther King Week. Trump won we were going back to the days of Martin Luther King when blacks and whites had to be separated and yeah. that's why this little you know first grader was not allowing himself to come and sit with us and I said to him that is crazy yeah and I was like come sit with us and we will read these books together and share our lunch with you and stuff and then I went to the principal and I threw the biggest fit and you know the principal spoke with the teacher and then it, the teacher was like still allowed to work in the district, but wasn't allowed to work at that school. And good for you. Oh, I,
0: th- yeah. I mean, that's, there so, was I mean, some our schools, terribly stupid things. Our public
1: schools have been in this yeah. like downward crazy spiral for a, a while now. Um But I think even now after COVID it's the stories I hear are just, they're mind blowing to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- there were so many things that, um you know, in, Obama's time uh, through, uh, you know, Trump's time that were encouraged to continue to, to divide us. And it was a lot of teachers and people in, in positions of authority that were perpetuating those. But imagine a little kid, you know, a first grader being well, told something things. that got into his brain like that, like, oh, well, yeah, OK, I, I'm going to, um, you know, be hated on
1: it's horrible yeah. it's horrible for any child to think that about who they are and that a teacher would educate them or teach that type type of a lesson
0: yeah it's wild.
1: um and then and that's the thing is like parents don't know what's going on in the schools they really don't know what's going on in the schools and what they're being taught and yeah
0: well on this show we're doing our best to have people um, talk about that, and I think we've been effective, which is why I get you know all kinds of hate here locally because we've of called gosh. out our local school district quite a bit, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and and we have people on all the time that that lay out what's happening in these schools right under parents' noses, you know, while people are busy working and trying to make a life for their families and all that stuff, they're expecting that these schools are, are like what it was when we were kids. And it is not.
1: It's not at all. Yeah, it's not at all. And actually, when my kids were in public school, that's wh- one of the reasons why I made sure that I was very involved yeah. in the schools, because I wanted to see what was going on in the classrooms.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah. no, that's good. And that's what parents need to be doing. Um, but like you and like we did, we, we took them out and we homeschooled them for the all these very reasons, just, you know, seeing that we could do a better job. Yeah. And uh, and, you know, come out with a, you know, a better kid at the end of the day. Um, but parents need to be involved. And that's what it really all comes and down to. And that's
1: it. And there needs to be communication. I think that's another thing is like there needs to be parents need to be involved. Parents need to have open lines of communication with the teachers in the school, open lines of communication with their kids. Like, I mean, and that's actually even like goes right back to my book is like that's one of the. the that's what I had in mind with writing my book is that this is going to open the lines of communication between parent and child regarding vaccines. Yeah. And someone even asked me recently, well, you know, she said, she goes, my children are vaccinated. What would happen if they read your book? And I said, if they read my book and they're vaccinated, they will have questions come the next time that you guys go for your well visit
0: yeah well and and you might be also you know giving them those thoughts um because listen we can indoctrinate our children um (laughs) and 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 what we call it though here on our side of it is called educating them teaching them training them up in the way that they should go right um but you know you're planting seeds for them for the future
1: and, and getting
0: them to understand that okay maybe there's something wrong here with the um lack of liability for these companies or these other things, you know? So I think it's probably good for all kids to, uh, to, you know, understand this stuff. And, you know, even your, even your older kids need to be talked about. Um, You need, you need them to understand, you know, why we believe what we believe, you know, why we're, um, you know, not injecting people full of poison or why we don't want to anyway. Yeah. Um, so, The book is I'm Unvaccinated and I'm Okay. We can grab it on Amazon. Oh, and that's okay.
1: I'm unvaccinated and that's okay.
0: I'm unvaccinated and that's okay. And um, get it on Amazon and uh, anywhere else books are sold. And um, what else before I let you go? I mean, did we miss anything?
1: Not really. I mean, And we could still keep talking. I could still keep talking. It's <laughs> up to you. I mean, I could talk about. I, I
0: don't want to abuse your time, but uh, but no, you tell me whatever's on your uh, on your mind.
1: Well, I'll just kind of throw out a little side note about my nonprofit organization sure. and yeah. do that. OK, yeah, so um, so my organization, I started it in 2019 pre covid um, because I knew adult mandates were coming. Having been in California and dealt with SB 277, which took away the religious exemption and SB 276, which took away the medical exemption, I knew then that adult mandates were coming. So I started an organization. It's called Freedom of Religion United Solutions. The acronym is for us. And um, we I start building a faith organization, a faith coalition. Um, this is, again, pre-COVID. So I started to kind of like cold call pastors and rabbis and just, and faith leaders saying like, listen, you need to get on board with the religious freedom of choice regarding vaccines. And um, I was able to build a really amazing coalition prior to COVID so that when COVID hit, uh, I had already had a coalition of faith leaders that were uh, pro-vaccine choice and it was just natural that we and I was already helping people with exemptions in other states for their children uh, because you know there are many other states that mandate the, um, the vaccine and so or not the vaccine but childhood vaccines so when COVID came along we put together our lawyer our legal team put together um, an exemption And it was an exemption for the COVID vaccine. And it was specific to first responders. We had one for um, people who worked in the medical field, uh, one for teachers, one for college students. And uh, throughout the pandemic, uh, my organization, for us, we were able to help thousands of people uh, keep their jobs and stay in school with our exemption. Um we were even able to help people visit loved ones when they were refused from the hospitals. So for instance like uh Dr. Judy Mikovits, she used our exemption her um husband unfortunately was dying and they would not allow her into the hospital. So she used our exemption to go see him. So oh, she wow. was able to be with him for the last his last few days of life um using our exemption. So uh that's something I'm like, you know, really proud of and it's still going. People can just go on there, the exemptions are free. They just go on there and if they need a faith leader to speak with. I have a huge coalition of faith leaders throughout the country, and some of them are even around the world, um, that are all very much uh you know, they're all standing united to protect the that's religious great. freedom of vaccine choice. It's
0: great. So Yeah. Yeah. And where do we go to Okay get so
1: Actually, you can get to my book and you can get to my organization through my website, drshannoncroner.com.
0: Oh, you should have given that us in the beginning. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's where to go.
1: So it's just drshannoncroner.com.
0: All right. And Croner is K R O N E R. Got it. All right. Awesome. So, yes. Well, thanks for coming in. I appreciate you, and um, keep up the good work. And you thank know, you so much for yeah. having me on. Keep getting your way, okay? You know, always make it happen. Always. All That's right. just
1: how you know. No, we need
0: works. we we do need heroes like you that are um, you know out there fighting, willing to do the work. So appreciate you. And
1: if it's God's purpose for me, I'm always very much like if God wants me to do something, I'll make it happen.
0: Yeah. I um, I try to be that way, too, and sometimes I try to make my own things happen, and they're disasters.
1: Well, you can't, unless God wants that to happen. That is That's, right. You know? <laughs> That's right.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, thanks again, and uh, to God be the glory.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right, we're out. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode of The Bryce Eddy Show. Hey, we need your help. We have a special call to action. Please subscribe to our new Rumble channel, The Bryce Eddy Show, if you've been consuming this on our church website or church channel, go ahead and subscribe to us on Rumble. We need to build those numbers there for that new dedicated channel. For your convenience, we have a link in the description below.